Alright, we're here. We're starting here on the top of Tedem and Aleph, 11 dines down by the two dots. The Gemara has continued to discuss the Mishnah, the tail end of the Mishnah, which is Ma'aseu Ba'u Banav Mi Beta Mishteh. Story that's mentioned in the Mishnah about the children of Rabbi Gamliel who came back from the wedding and they asked him what the din was. The Gemara says, Vad Hashta Loshmiyeluhu, Hadra Gamliel. What happened until now? His children never knew what the halacha was until now? They didn't hear this memory of their father, Rabbi Gamliel? Why all of a sudden are they finding out this information from Rabbi Gamliel that they didn't know before? So, this is what they said. We know that the Rabbanon argue on you, that they argue on your position. The Rabbanon say, and you say, and we know the principle of halachic decisions is governed by the fact that when you have a Rabbim, negative Yachid, we paskin like the Rabbim. Oh, Dilma, or maybe Rabbanon Kavatech Svirlhu. Underlying the position of the Rabbanon is your position, Rabbanon. So why did they say until Chatzot? So it's simply a question that they're asking their father about the position of the Chachamim. We've seen this recur a couple of times, which is that the definition of Shechiva. We said that the definition of Shechiva can be one of two things, either Zman Shehochim Lishon or Hochim Lishkov, time that they go to sleep, or Shechiva can be called Zman Shechovim, all the time that they are asleep. So the question is, which of those two is correct over here for the position of the Rabbanan? Do they say until Chatzot? And they really fundamentally agree with Rabbi Eliezer that it's all the time, it's the time when people go to sleep. They just think that that period of time is longer. Not until Ashmoa Rishonah, but until Chatzot is when people go to sleep. Or, do they fundamentally agree with the Rabbanan that Kozman Shad Anashim Shochvim, anytime that people are sleeping, that is sufficient to be called and so why did they say Chatzot? And that's what Rabbi Gamliel answers them. Yes, the Rabbanon hold like me. Fundamentally, we agree that Shechiva means anytime that people are sleeping. And therefore, you are obligated to say Kriyat Shema now. So why did the Rabbanon say until Chatzot? In order to prevent the individual from being Pusheya and falling asleep and not saying the Kriya Shema, like we saw earlier in the Gemara. And this is not the only instance where we have this occasion of a Archok at Chatzot. Where it says, Rabbi Gamliel himself does not believe that the cutoff time is Chatzot. And then he comes to say, but this is not the only occurrence, there are other occurrences. Why is he being other occurrences? That's not his position. So, this is what Rabbi Gamliel is saying to them. This is what Rabbi Gamliel is saying to his children. Even according to Rabbanan, who say that the the appropriate or primary time for Kriyat is until midnight, the mitzvah extends all the way until dawn. Again, the reason they sent to Chatzot is to be Machika Dadam Minavera, and then Velozu Bilvad. And this is not the only instance where we have such an occurrence where the mitzvah really goes until Amud Shachar, and yet we cut off the time period in which you're allowed to do it, Kedela Achika Dadam Minavera. So Gamliel is speaking within the position of the Chachamim. Gamliel himself believes that until Amud Shachar is the proper time for Kriyachma. We discussed on Daf Bet the Tamidi Ruena Yona who discussed the possibility of whether Rabbi Gamliel really disagrees with the Chachamim. That maybe even Rabbi Gamliel agrees with the Chachamim until Chatzot and their Machloket is about after Chatzot. 
Or the other possibility in Rebbe Gamliel is that he believes fundamentally you can say it all the way until Amudah Shachar without any reservations. And the Chachamim just say Bidiyevet until Amudah Shachar but the Chachilo should stop at Chatzot. Hector Chalavim Veivarim. Gemara says, V'ilu Achilat Psachim Loktani. How come the Mishnah doesn't mention as one of the items that cuts off at Chatzot the eating of the Korban Pesach on the night of Pesach? Viramini. Kriyat Shema Arvit Vehalel Belele Psachim Vachilat Pesach Mitzvatan Ad So when it comes to Kriyat Shema of Arvit, the Halel on the night of Pesach and the eating of the Pesach, the mitzvah until dawn. So Amarav Yosef, Lokasho, HaRav Elazar ben Azariah, HaRav Yakivo. That's actually a machloket as to when the proper time to eat the Korban Pesach is. So in Ochanami you could say that it's at Almuda Shachar and we stop at Chatzot, which would make it patterned similar to what other items that we have mentioned in our Mishnah. Mitzvah Almuda Shachar yet cut off at Chatzot, but depends whose opinion you are following. There's a machloket tanaim between Rabbi Lazar ben Azari and Rabbi Akiva, the Tanya. Vachlu et abasar belayla azeh. That you should eat the Korban Pesach on this night. Rabbi Lazar ben Azari omer, nermakan belayla azeh. Venerma lahalan, it says further on, varvarti beretz mitzrayim belayla azeh. That I will move through Mitzrayim. I will pass through Mitzrayim on that night. And we know when it comes to Hashem passing through Mitzrayim on that night, that was makat bechorot, which took place at midnight. And just like the Laila Hazed by Makat Bechorot refers to midnight, so too Laila Hazvachlu et Basar by Laila Hazed. That Laila Hazed is also until Chatzot. That means Malahalan at Chatzot, Avkan at Chatzot. Just like by Makat Bechorot was at midnight, so too with the Korban of Pesach, it's till Chatzot. And that's Mi'ikar Adin. Wazim Nezayah says the Korban Pesach Mina Torah ends at Chatzot. Amalir Be'akiva, Valok, Varnemar Be'chipa Zon. That when you eat the Korban of Pesach, you eat it zone while you're rushing, ad shat zone until the time that there is the rush to exit to leave. They don't leave until the boker, until the morning, because you're not allowed to leave your house during the night. So they only left in the morning, which sounds like the Korban of Pesach is eaten zone in that rush to get to the point where they can exit. And that would mean until Amuda Shachar. Why do you have to say then it's at night? According to Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah, we understand the need for Belayla Hazez to teach you the Gezer Shovel between that and Makat Bechorot. But for Rabbi Akiva, what do you need Belayla Hazez? Because Because the Korban Pesach is a quasi-Shlamim Toda. And when it comes to Shlamim or Toda, the time period in which they can be eaten, a Shlamim is two days and one night. And a Toda, which is only for one day and one night, still you can eat it. The day you shecht it, you can eat it. And the night afterwards. So you would think the same thing by the Korban Pesach. You'd be able to eat it that day when you shecht it, as well as at night. That when the Korban Pesach is eaten, it's only at night. It doesn't have that gedder of a korban todah or a korban shlamim to be eaten in the day that it's shechted, only in the night that's after the shechita may you eat it. So that's the explanation of Rabbi Akiva of that term of Belayla. So according to Rabbi Lezim and Azayah, we need Belayla Hazeh. Hazeh, it's necessary because we need a terminology that is similar to Belayla Hazeh, that's by Makar Bechorot. Rabbi Akiva, hai Hazeh, my Ovidle. According to Rabbi Akiva, what do you need to know this night? Of course you're eating it on this night. Check that it that day, you're going to eat it that night. Balayla hazeh is two words. So we first discussed the word balayla. So why do you need to tell me this night? 
according to Rabbi Akiva, come to teach you that only at night do you eat the Korban Pesach, not during the day. But then in addition to that, it says, Why do you have to tell me on this night? Of course it's on this night that you're going to eat the Korban Pesach. What other night would you eat the Korban Pesach? So Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, he needs Belayla Hazeh to make up the Gezer Shovah between this and Makat Bechorot. In both places it says Belayla Hazeh. For Rabbi Akiva, what's the necessity of Hazeh? This night and no other night? What would have been the Havamina? And the Gemara says, Eino Chanami. Yes, that's what it means. Belayla Hazeh means Lemute Layla Acher Hu Da'ato. It comes to say this night and no other night. Why would you think there's another night to eat the Korban Pesach? Because I would have thought, Oh, Pesach Kochim Kalim, Ushlamim Kochim Kalim. Just like Pesach is in the category of Kochim Kalim, a lighter form of Kodashim, and Shlamim is also in that form of Kochim Kalim, truthfully, Pesach, Maser, and Bechor are the lightest form of Kodashim that go on the Mizbeach. Shlamim is a little higher even in terms of its Kedusha. And we know by the Shlamim that it has a din of been eating for Mashlamim Nechalim Lishnei Amim Echad. When it comes to Shlamim, the day that you shech the Shlamim, you're allowed to eat it that day. The subsequent night and the following day, two days and one night. That's the time period in which a shlamim can be consumed. So at Pesach, so too by the Pesach, I would think the same thing. Of course, by Korim Pesach, you can't eat it during the day. You can't eat it when the day you shechted it because we already learned Belayla has been eaten at night. So what I'll say is since the time period of eating for the Korim Pesach starts at night, therefore it will be granted two nights the same way that Shlamim is granted two days. Not to suggest that it'd be two nights with the day in between and you could eat the Korban Pesach that night, the next day, or the following night. That everybody agrees would not be true because it says Balayla. It has to be eaten that night. But the suggestion of the Gemara is that that night you'll be able to eat it. The next day you'll be in suspension, but it won't become no tire. And the following night you'll be able once again to eat it because that'll be night time. And the two nights will place the two days that are normally by Kochim Kalim, by Shlamim. This is different than a normal Shlamim and normal Kochim Kalim. It's eaten on this night, and that's it. There's no other extension of time in order to consume the Korban Pesach. How does he know that Belayla Hazeh means this night? And not two nights like the Shlamim. Because the Pasuk says, Lo boker. Do not leave it over until the morning. So if you can't leave it over until the morning, it's clear that that's the end of the time period in which you can consume the Korban Pesach. Rabbi Kiva, If that's your source, Hava Amina, my boker, boker sheni, which is the drush of Chazal. When it says, Lo boker, means don't leave it over until the morning. doesn't mean the first morning, the morning of the 15th, but rather the morning of the 16th. Why would you ever say that? Anytime the Torah says Boker, it means the next morning that you bump into. The next morning you bump into is the 15th. So I don't accept that explanation of Lotuturman of Boker, and therefore that is, for me, the source for why Koran Pesach is only in that night and not any extended period like that of a Shlamim or Kochim Kalim. So basically, what we have here is a Machloket, Rabbi Lazar ben Azari and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi ben Azari says that Mina Torah, Koran Pesach, must be completed by midnight, by Chatzot, on the night of Pesach. He learns that out from the Gzair Shavu, Belayla Azeh, Belayla Azeh, between that and Makat Bichorot. In addition to that, he has Lotutur Menuhat Boker to teach you that only on this night and no other night. There's no extension of time because it's a Kuchim Kalim or it looks like a Shlamim. That's it, that night and period. Rabbi Kiva believed that Minat Torah, a Korban Pesach, can be eaten until Alot HaShachar, until dawn. And that's because of the need or the necessity to eat Korban Pesach Bechipazon. Which means that you can eat it until Chipazon, the time that you need to leave, the time to exit. And that's in the morning. Belayla Azeh comes to teach us 
Number one, when you shechta during the day, you may not eat it until it's nightfall. And number two is hazeh, to teach us this night only and no other night. It's not like any other kochim kalim or shlamim that it extends over a larger period of time. It's tonight and no more than that. Lo tutur menad boker, Rabbi Kiva says, is not definitive in saying that it's the next morning or the following morning. So it wouldn't teach us the din that Rabbi Lezer ben Azar learns from it. Bahani tanai, kehani tanai. This machloka tanaim between Rabbi Lezer ben Azar and Rabbi Kiva is similar to another machloka tanaim that we have, the Tanya. So that says in Tvarim, Shamti zbach at the Pesach, ba'erev kivua shemesh ma'odzeit cham eretz mitzrayim. There you will bring the korban at Pesach, ba'erev, in the evening, but really here, erev means afternoon, kivua shemesh, when the sun sets, the time that you left Mitzrayim. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, in the afternoon, that's when you do Shechita Ta Pesach. That's Ben Arbaim, that you do Shechita Ta Pesach. When the sun sets, that's when you can eat the Korban Pesach. At night time, that's when you can eat the Korban Pesach. In the time that you left Mitzrayim, that's the time that you burn the Korban Pesach, which would be at dawn. Once you hit dawn, that's when you would burn the Korban Pesach. Rabbi Shua disagrees and says, Be'erev ata zoveach. In the afternoon, you do the zvicha, the shechita. Kevo ha-shemesh ata ochel. And when it comes to the evening, when the sun sets at nighttime, you eat the korban ha-pesach. Ba'ad matay ata ochel. Until how long, or what is the duration of the achila? Ta'ad matay ata ochel ve'olech ad mo'ed tzaytcham mitzrayim. Until the time period that you left mitzrayim. So really, the way that we look at the b'rita right now, there really is no difference between the opinions. They both agree that shechita ta-pesach is in the afternoon. They both agree that Zman Achila begins at night time. And then with Mo'ed Sidcham and Mitzrayim, they disagree what we do with that. One of them says Mo'ed Sidcham Mitzrayim is the time period when you're so rafe, when you burn it. The other opinion says you can eat it until Mo'ed Sidcham and Mitzrayim. Well, you can eat it until you can burn it. So there really is no difference between them. So Rashi points out, because of that, you have to explain that there is some difference between them. And that is that, that according to the Tanakhamo, you can only eat it until midnight. But too low. And Rashi says, why? Because if you don't say that, what's the difference between them? So the fact that Rabbi Yeshua says that you can eat it until Moed Seid Chabim Mitzrayim makes it clear that he thinks you can eat it the entire night. Implying that the Tanakhama does not believe that. And the Tanakhama believes that you cut it off at Chatzot. So therefore, Rabbi Eliezer will be the same as Rabbi Lazar Ben Azariah. And Rabbi Yeshua will be the same opinion as Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yeshua say you can eat it until Amud HaShachar. And Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Lezer Ben Azariah say you can only eat it until Chatzot. To Amar Rabbi Ava. So now the Gemara is going to present an alternative way to understand the Machloket between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Lezer Ben Azariah. Hakol Modim, everybody agrees. When they redeemed from Mitzrayim, that happened in the evening. Shinamar Hotiacha Hashem Elohim Mitzrayim Laidlo. That Hashem took you out of Mitzrayim at night. When they actually exited, when they physically left Mitzrayim, that was during the day. In Parshat Masay, when it's describing all the journeys of Bnei Israel, it says that they left Mitzrayim on the next morning. So we know that the Geula took place at night. That's when Hashem brings the final destruction on Mitzrayim. And that's the time period that they were free to leave. But they actually didn't leave until the next morning. So, and then what is the machlok between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah? Ashat chipazon. What is classified as shat chipazon? Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, "Remind the chipazon, chipazon de Mitzrayim." Who was in a rush here? So, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, "Chipazon is the rush of the people of Mitzrayim, the Mitzrim, because they want to rush Bnei Israel out of Mitzrayim. That happens at night. That happens when Makat Bechorot takes place. They come running to say, "Get out, leave." Rabbi Kiva says, "Remind chipazon." Israel. That's talking about when Bnei Israel leave in a rush. When do they leave? They actually leave in the morning. They don't leave at night. 
So therefore, their machloket is, if you're going to eat the Korban Pesach until the Zman Chippazon, according to Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, that's only until midnight, because that's when the midstream want Ben Israel out, that's when they want to throw him out, and that's the end of the Zman Achilat Pesach. On that hand, Rabbi Kiva believes the Chippazon is referencing Ben Israel. They still only rush out of Mitzrayim, they only leave Mitzrayim in the morning, and therefore it's mutar to eat the Korban Pesach all night. So this is an alternative explanation as to the machloka between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Lezer ben Azayat. Tanya Nami Yochev of Bright that supports this. Hotziyach Hashem Lekechem Mitzrayim Lailo. Chiba Lailo Yatsu. Did they really leave at night? Alolo Yatsu Elo Beyom. Shenamay Machad Pesach Yatsu Bnei Israel Beyad Rama. Elom Alamech Itchila Lahem Gulami Beerev. The Gula began at night and was completed in the morning. So there is a continuum or a process in which the Gula takes place, and the question is where in that process does the Chiba Zone end? And that depends if you're focused on Mitzrayim or you're focused on Bnei Israel. The Mitzrayim, Chibazon, takes place at midnight. For Bnei Israel, it takes place at Alot Shachar. Why didn't our mission didn't mention Korban Pesach? Because Korban Pesach is not a good example. Rabbi Kiva believes that it's Adamud Shachar, but Rabbi Lazar Nazaria believes that Minat Torah cuts off at Chatzot. So it's not a good example of another item where the Din is Adamud Shachar and then Chatzot is the cutoff. Because there's a fundamental machlokah as to whether chatzot is the cutoff or not. And that would not fit into the pattern of the other items that are brought in the Mishnah. And that's why our Mishnah doesn't mention Achilat Pesach. So now the Gemara continues to dash in the Psukim surrounding Yitzhak Mitzrayim. It says, Darber Nabi Oznei Ha'am. So Amrei Debei Rabbi Yanai. Eina El Lashon Bakasha. When the Torah uses the learn Na, it's pleading, begging, saying, please. Amr Leia Kodesh Baruch Hu de Moshe. Bebakasha Mimcha Leich Ve'amur Lehem Le'Yisrael. Go tell Bnei Yisrael. Please borrow from the Mitzrayim before you leave the golden and silver utensils. So that Avram Avinu won't come back to me with a claim. From Prit ben Abtarim, where Hashem makes the covenant with Avram Avinu, where there he tells him that the Ben Israel will be subjugated and they will be pressed within that nation. So Hashem was Mikhaim that they were in Mitzrayim. That's what happened to the Mitzrayim. But then the conclusion of the Pasuk in the Brit Benatarim is After that point in time, they're going to leave with great wealth. If you don't take anything with you, then Avram's going to say, you took care of one part of the Brit, which is But that you didn't do. Moshe responds and says, you know, we're just happy to get out of here alive. Forget about all these goodies. Forget about all the wealth. We just want to get out. Someone who's incarcerated in jail. Tomorrow, you're going to be free to remove from the jail. And they're going to give you a tremendous amount of money. If you can let me out today, I'll be much happier. Forget about waiting till tomorrow and getting the big wealth. I'd rather just leave right now. The only thing that matters right now is to get out of jail, to get out of this incarceration. Wealth and all that, that's all secondary to the necessity to leave and to escape and be freed of the burden of whether it's being incarcerated or being in Mitzrayim. So then the Pesach says, Vayashilum. Amar Rabbi Ami Malamed Shishilum Baal Kurcham. Vayashilum means that they borrowed or they lent against their will. Ikadami Baal Kurcham de Mitzrayim. Some say it means against the will of the Mitzrayim. Vikadami Baal Kurcham de Israel, against the will of Bnei Israel. The one who says it was against the will of Mitzrayim, So there in Tehillim, it's talking about in a battle. Those that flee the battle do not share in the spoils or the booty. Those that tarry, those that remain behind, 
in the house, they're the ones who divide up the spoils. Well, over here, B'nai Israel, the ones who are leaving, the Mitzrayim are staying in Mitzrayim. So the Mitzrayim have no necessity to give away their possessions or to lose the booty. They're the ones who are staying in place. And that's what it means that they borrowed it from them against their will. They took it against their will because they didn't feel like they should lose out here. Those that say B'nai Israel were not so willing to take these possessions is Mishum de Masui. Because then they had to carry them. They were leaving Mitzrayim. They're about to travel out into the desert. They're going to have to carry all this stuff with them. So if they have to borrow this, then they're going to have to lug all this extra weight along with them. And they didn't want to do that. Vayinatzlu at Mitzrayim. So what does that mean? Vayinatzlu at Mitzrayim. Arviyami malamed shasua ki mitzuda she'en badagan. They made it into the equivalent of a trap that has no food in it. As Rashi points out, when you go to capture a bird or you're trying to capture an animal, you place food in the trap in order to attract the animal to come there. So they left Mitzrayim like a mitsuda, like a trap without any food in it. They drained it, they cleaned it out. They made it into, Rashi over here in terms of it's mitsula, meaning the depths of the water. It's like in the Mitsulotiam where there are no fish. They emptied it out, like those parts of the water that have no fish in it, they emptied out Mitzrayim as if there was nothing left in it. The other possibility is Kimitsula is like a net, a net chained by the gim that has no fish in it. So again, they drained or emptied out the entirety of Mitzrayim. Right, the question of how to interpret the word Vayinatzlu at Mitzrayim is Vayinatzlu meaning ke mitsuda or is Vayinatzlu ke mitsula? So they're just trying to interpret the word Vayinatzlu and give explanation for what Vayinatzlu means. Okay, now the Gemara continues with the conversation that Moshe has with Hashem by the snet where Hashem is trying to convince Moshe to go to Bnei Israel. And Moshe asks Hashem, what's the name of Hashem? What's the name of God that I should tell them? And Hashem says to them, Ekeh Asher Ekeh. That's my name. So, I was there with you in this bondage, in this subjugation. And I'll be together with you when you go into Galut, when you go into exile, when you are subjugated by the nations, I'll go with you again. Why would I ever introduce that information to them? They're suffering right now. What do they want to know? They want to know that they're leaving in order to go into to more suffering in the future? That's not really a comforting thought. You're right. Go back and tell them that God who's with you is the one who sent me. And not to mention those galiot or those shibudim that will take place in the future. Aneni Hashem Aneni. This is by Elion Navi on Harakarmel. We saw this earlier in the Gemara. The Gemara is bringing the same drusha that we saw before, which is that the Shatta Mincha Eliyahu turns to Hashem and says to answer me. Why does he say the word Aneni twice? First of all, have the fire come down from heaven. Talking about on Harakamel where he's having this showdown with the Nevi'ah And they put the Korbanot on the Mizbeach and they dig ditches around and fill them with water. And they say, whichever God can bring down the fire to consume the Korban, that's the true God. He gave the Nevi'ah bow all morning, all the way into the afternoon, and they're unsuccessful. Then Eliyahu turns to Hashem and Davin says, now it's my turn. He says, make sure, please, to bring down the fire from heaven to substantiate that you are the real God. And consume everything that's on Mizbech. I need another answer. What is that? Shit. That their mind should leave the thought. Like we saw earlier in the Gemara. That they shouldn't think that it's sorcery, witchcraft, that this is not really coming from Hashem. They're going to think that it's coming from another power. Shinamar, Veta Asibot at Libama Choranit. That you turn their hearts back. And make sure that you, Hashem, uh, turn their hearts in the direction that their thoughts will be that this really is coming from Hashem and not coming from some other force. 
And now we go on to the next Mishnah. And as we said on Daf Bet Amud Aleph, the structure of the Mishnah is first of all we talk about Shema of Arvit Ubishoch Bicho, and then we talk about Shema of Shacharit Uv Kumecha. And so this Mishnah is addressing the time period of Kumecha. When can you start saying Shema in the morning? When you can distinguish, differentiate between Tchelet and Lavan. Rabbi Eliezer Omer ben Tchelet the Karti. There's between Tchelet and Karti. Rashi over here says Tchelet is Yaroku. It's a greenish blue. Vikarov Litseva Karti. And it's very close to the color of Karti, which is Porayish, green of the Karti, which is a leek. So the green color of the leek is what we're comparing to the Tchelet. And since those colors are very similar in nature, they're harder to distinguish than between contrasting colors like blue and white, like the Tchelet and Lavan. So the Tchelet, which is a greenish blue, is very similar to the Karti. Others believe that Tchelet is a much darker blue. And that's a machloka between Rashi and others as to when the Gemara says that the Tchelet looks like the sky. What type of sky are we talking about? Are we talking about a sky in the middle of the day? Or are we talking about a sky in the evening? So that would be a difference between whether you're thinking about a very light blue or a slightly darker form of blue. It's clear that Ben Tchelet the Karti will take more light in order to make such a distinction because the colors are closer together. So Ben Tchelet Lavan is an earlier time than between Tchelet the Karti. Ad and Rabbi Lezer says it begins at Tchelet the Karti and you have to finish it, you have to finish Kriyat Shema the Zman is until Neitzah Chama, until the sun rises. Until the third hour of the day, because the kings or princes get up on the third hour of the day. That's something that we discussed already in the Gemara a lot. Even if you read it after the third hour, when it's no longer Zman Kriyat Shema, you should still read it because it's no worse than learning Torah, like reading the Torah. So even if you're not going to be Yotze the mitzvah in terms of Kriyat Shema, you should still read it for the Kiyom of Kriyat Torah or Limud Torah. So now the Gemara says, Ma ben Tchelet Lavan. What does it mean that you have to discern or distinguish between the color of Tchelet and white? Ilem ben Gavava de Imrach Yura le Gavva de Imrach Tchelto. That you have to distinguish, be able to tell the difference between a ball of white wool and a ball of bluish techelet wool. That's something that's easily discernible. That's something you could do even at nighttime. You could tell the difference between a white ball of wool and a techelet ball of wool. Ella ben techelet sheba, the lavan sheba. Between the techelet and the lavan that are in it. What is the ba here? Rashi claims it's if you dye wool with techelet. The dye doesn't take perfectly all over the place. So there's certain places where the tchelet takes well. There are other places on the wool which are still remain white. And so Rashi claims that that's the distinction the Gemara is after over here. That when you can discern or distinguish between the places in the wool that was dyed with tchelet that are dyed fully tchelet and other places that have white still left in him, that's what we're looking for, the time period that we're looking for. Whereas Tosafot says that doesn't make so much sense because the Gemara Minachot says that when you look at the tzitzit, you'll remember another mitzvah that you do. Because when you look at the tzitzit, it will remind you to do the mitzvah of Kriyat Shema. Because through the tzitzit, you find out the zman of Kriyat Shema. And so therefore, Tosafot explains, Ben Tchelet Shaba, the Lavan Shaba means of the tzitzit itself. When you could distinguish between the Tchelet and Lavan and the tzitzit, that's the zman that we're talking about. And Tosafot believes that you tie tzitzit with two strings of white and two strings of Tchelet, and then you make the Krichot, those wrapped, coils that you make, one of them's blue, one of them's white, so the time period when you can distinguish between those coils. Tanya, Rabbi Meir Omer, 
Mishyakir ben Ze'ev lekelet. When you can distinguish or discern between a wolf and a dog. Akivomer ben Chamor le'arud. When you can distinguish between a donkey and an arud, which is a wild donkey. Even though later on in the Gemara, if you look on Daf Lamed Gimel Aleph, over there there's the story of Chanin ben Dosa and the arud, and over there it seems to be talking about a scorpion, or as the Gemara in Chulin mentions, and Rashi quotes it over there, that the arod is the product of a crossbreeding between a snake and a tzav and a turtle. But it produces something like a scorpion. Over here, the Gemara is using arod to mean something like a wild donkey, because it's got to be something very similar to a donkey, something that requires discernment or distinguishing. Bacharim omrim, and others say, Mishiret amot When you can recognize a friend that is four amot away. Amravuna halocha keacherim. The halocha is like acherim. And that's what's quoted in Shulchan Aruch, where the time period to start saying Kriyachma is Mishiakir et Chavero, when you recognize your friend. Tosafot over here, the way the Yushalmi says, what type of friend are you speaking about? If you're talking about someone you know very well, says, then you can tell him even from early, much earlier time, even when it's very dark out. If it's someone that you don't really know at all, then you'll have to wait till it's very light in order to determine who they are. So Tosafot quotes the Yushalmi that it's someone that's Ragil Veinu Ragil, somebody you know, but you don't know very well. And that's the time period that we're talking about of Rikuk Dalamot, that you recognize this individual who is an acquaintance, someone that you are familiar with, but not very close with. And that's the time period for starting of Kriyat Shema. Rabbi says, Litfilin Kacherim. When it comes to putting on Tfilin, the din is like Kacherim. When you Rikuk Dalamot can recognize the individual, that's when you can put on Tfilin. Lekriyat Shema Kivatikin. But the proper time for Kriyat Shema is Kivatikin. Dam Rabbi Yochanan, Vatikin, Ayugomimota, Imanetzachama. They used to finish up Kriyachma at sunrise. So the optimal time, according to Abayi, is at sunrise. We have a brighter that supports that. They used to finish up Kriyachma at sunrise in order to be mitzmach, to put together the bracha of Gal Yisrael and juxtapose that to tefillah, the beginning of davening. And you'll daven during the day because the lechatchila time to daven is after sunrise for Shmon Esrei. So the first moment that you can daven Shmon Esrei is at Neitzah when the sun rises. So if you finish up the Brach of Gali Yisrael of Kriyat Shema right as sun rises, you'll be able to daven immediately when the Yom comes in. Omer Zerah Micro, what is the Pasuk that teaches that as you should daven right away at sunrise at the moment that the day begins? Yira'ucha im shemesh pnei yareach dor dorim. Yira'ucha, we will fear you im shemesh. When the sun comes up. So when are you mekabal o machut shemaim? When do you come before Hashem? Yerucha im Hashemesh. When the sun comes, that's the same time that we have that fear for you. The one here doesn't touch and the other have the pasuk, but does later on. And the mesechta lifnei yereach dor dorim is for mincha time. That you should also daven mincha be dimdumei achama. As the sun sets, that's when you daven mincha. Over there, I think the Gemara says, Shmuel light alei. Shmuel curses one who does daven like that because it's too risky. Because if you miss it or something happens, you'll miss Mincha entirely, so he doesn't recommend doing that. Heed Rabbi Yehuda ben Eliakim, Shum Kala Kadishad Yushalayim, in the name of the Tzibur that was found in Yushalayim, Kolosomech Gula Litvila, Enon Izuk Kolayom Kulo. Anybody who's Mikayim, this din of Smichud Gula Litvila, doesn't have anything problematic, doesn't get injured that day, nothing bad happens to them on that day. Amar Rabbi Zeira, Rabbi Zeira says, Ini, is that really true? I do that. Vitzukay. And then I did. I was something bad happened to me that day. Samalei b'mayit zachak says, "What was that that went bad for you that day?" Says the Amtei it asa the I had to supply myrtle to the king. 
don't know if it was a taxation or for whatever reason he had to give a gift to the king. He had to bring myrtle to the king. He said, that's not something bad. If you had to get an audience with the king, you would have to pay a lot of money. So over here, because you had to bring the myrtle to the king, you got that audience. So you got something that other people would have to pay for. That's not bad. That's good. And it's important to pay money to go see a king because of this statement of Yochanan. Person always run to go see the Jewish royalty. But not just for Jewish royalty. Even to see the non-Jewish royalty. Because if he's zuchet to reach Ulam Haba, then when he gets up there, he'll see the difference between the Malchai Yisrael and Malchai Akum. That in this world, the Malchai Akum seem much greater and bigger. But when you go up to Ulam Haba, you'll see the true reward for the Malchai Yisrael and those that follow the ways of Hashem. So Kedai, to see it in this world, so you know how different it is in the world to come. The other possibility, which the Gemara does not entertain over here, is that our relationship to Hashem is the same as a servant to a king. And therefore, seeing a king and how people treat the king and that which is associated with royalty would help the individual in terms of their relationship with Hashem or understanding how they should act in their relationship to Hashem. And that's true of Malchai Yisrael. It's also true of Malchai Akum. Amar lei rabbi lo ula ki alayt ayalat lahatam when you go to Eretz Yisrael shal b'shlomot rabruna achi ask about my brother rabruna b'mamad kol ha-chabura when everybody's present. The Adam Gadolhu is a big guy and he loves and he's happy to do mitzvot. One day he was a smile did not leave his face for that entire day. He had won the lottery. He was So now the Gemara says, How could you do smichot gula litvila? Because before you start Shmon Esrei, Rabbi Yochanan says you add in Hashem Sfatai Tiftach. At the end, you conclude with the pasuk of Yudah Ratzonim Reifi. So Amar Abelazar Tehibit Filah Shalarvit. You'll say Hashem's Fatay Tiftach at Ma'riv. You won't say it at Shacharit. So you can be so mechulah Tefilah. V'Amar Rabbi Yochanan Ezu Ben Olam Abad. So we saw earlier already in the Masechta. Zeh So make Gulah Tefilah Shalarvit. That's someone who is so make the Gulah Tefilah to the Tefilah Shalarvit. So Rabbi Yochanan requires that smichut Gulah Tefilah even by Ma'riv. So you can't add in Hashem's Fatay Tiftach. Amar Abelazar Tehibit Filat Mincha. You'll only say Hashem's Fatayti Tach by Mincha time where there's no problem with Smichot Gula Litfila. By Shacharit and Mariv, you won't say it so you won't have any interruption between Gal Yisrael and the beginning of Shemun Esrei. Ravashi Amar. So, Afilo Tema Kulu, that refers to all Tfilo, Shacharit, Mincha, Mariv. Same answer that we gave earlier in the Mesechtva, Kavan, Tekavua, Rabbanan, Bitfila, Ketfila, Arichta, Damya. Since the Rabbanan established that this is the introductory phrase to Tfila, it becomes part and parcel of the Tfila. Which again has Nafkaminot. We mentioned before, which comes to Chazarat Hashatz, that Reb Soloveitchik was makpid that the shat say Hashem's fatay tiptach. The banan it becomes part and parcel of tefillah, and if it's part and parcel of tefillah, then you need to say Hashem's fatay tiptach. The Talmud of Rabbeinu Yona, in the beginning of the Masechta as well in Masechta Davot, explained why Hashem's fatay tiptach ufiyagiti is the introductory pasuk. It's a pasuk that he says that David says after chet Bacheva. It comes before Hashem and he says, "I want to come and speak to you, Hashem." But I don't have the ability to bring a korban because this is not a maaseh shogeg. It's a maaseh mezid. So I'm asking you to Hashem's fatayitach to open up my mouth to fiyagitilatecha that I can say your praises. Give me permission and forgiveness from that which I've done in order to be able to approach you and bring my tefillah like a korban. 
And even though a carbon can only be rabbi shogeg, tefillah might be able to help even mezid. And therefore, Hashem spatai tiftach ufi agit tehilatecha. And that's the introductory pasuk. If you don't say that Hashem Svatai Tiptach is this concept of Tfilah Richta, then Arvi Techi Matsi Samich, then at Ma'ariv, how could you ever be so Megulo Tfilah? But by the Meimar Shkiveinu, we have the second bracha of Birkat Kriyashma that's after Gal Yisrael of Hashkiveinu, and that interrupts between Gal Yisrael and the beginning of Shemona Israel. Since the Rabbanan put the Hashkiveinu in place, the equivalent of an extended Geula. And again, the Tabinu Rabbeinu Yonah mentioned the beginning of the Masechta, Hashkiveinu is Zecher to the Tefillah that Bnei Israel said in Mitzrayim. The Mashchit was coming on the night to destroy all the Bechorim. Hashem had promised to save them, but they were scared, they were afraid. So they dive into Hashem to save them from all these bad things. And that's exactly what Ashkivenu is. Ashkivenu is a tefillah that Hashem should protect us from the mazikim and from all these bad things that could happen. Ramim instituted Ashkivenu as a zecher to what Bnei Israel did when Hashem was passing through Mitzrayim. And that's why it's classified as a geula richta. So Achanami gave him the gvua rabbanu mitfilah ketfilah richta damia. Just like Ashkivenu is geula richta. So too, Hashem Svatayitach is Tfilarichta. So now, going back, just a couple of issues that we need to deal with. Number one is the halacha. Who is the halacha like in terms of the starting time for Kriyat Shema? So the Gemara seems to indicate that it's like the Acherim. That buskin like Acherim, that person can see when he's four amotam away, you recognize somebody. That's the halacha. So now, is that, so if that's the beginning time, and that's the way we paskin, then Abaye, who's a batra, says, that the beginning time of Kriyat Shema is like the Acherim, and the end time for Kriyat Shema is Ad Neitzachama. So that means that we should paskin that the time period to say Kriyat Shema is from the time that you can recognize someone for Amot away until the sun rises. Sunrise should be the end of the time for Kriyat Shema. So how come we say that you, we paskin like Rabbi Yoshua? And Abayi, who's a batra, is saying that it's Ad Neitzachama. So Tosfot over here goes out of his way to prove that even if you believe that you should say Kriyat Shema Kivatikin at the time of Neitzachama, Nevertheless, they believe Bidyeved, like Rabbi Yeshua, that you can say it until Shalosh Shaot. They're not saying exclusively until Neitzah and no further than that. They're just saying that the optimal time to say Kriyat Shema is Im Neitzah But if you don't say it Im Neitzah Bidyeved, you can say it even until the Shalosh Shaot of Rabbi Yeshua. So that's the first thing that Tosfut deals with. The second thing that Tosfut deals with is, it's not clear from the Gemara here when you need to say Kriyat Shema. And the Gemara in Yoma is even more problematic. The Gemara in Yoma says that Hilni Amalka donated to the Mikdash a Nivreshet. This was some sort of a sundial, golden plaque or item that they placed in the Mikdash. And when the sun rose, it used to shine off of it. And that's how they knew that it was Zman Kriyachma. But that seems to indicate that Zman Kriyachma is only after the sun rises. Is it Zman Kriyachma? And so Tosfos over here, as well as the Tosfos in Yoma, as to when is the optimal time to say Kriyachma. Is the optimal time to say Kriyachma before Neitzachama? in order that you begin to fill out with Neitzachama, or is the proper time to say Kriyat Shema actually at Neitzachama, when it's Neitzachama, and then only afterwards to come into Shemun Esrei. Is there a requirement of Neitzachama for Shema? And so those what concludes here that the optimal time is before Neitzachama, and then what they said in Yoma with regards to the fact that they only started Kriyat Shema once the sun had shone on this metallic item, was because people were not sure. They could not be Kivena Shaot. It was a technological problem. They didn't know when sunrise was. They didn't know how to be Mikavein Kriyachma to sunrise. Today we're dealing with digital clocks with watches. That's something you can uh, calculate when the sunrise should be. But in their day, the sunrise was all by their looking and seeing. And so it was very hard for people to know. So once you saw the sun up and reflecting off of this metal, you knew for sure that it was already time for Zman Kriyachma. 
and time to Davin Shmon Esrei. And so they waited a little longer in order to be certain that they were already at the point of Netzach Hama. Whereas there are opinions in the Gemara and Yoma brought in the Tosafot that ain't Okanami that this man Kriyachma is only after Netzach Hama. At the tail end of that Tosafot and Yoma, he quotes the Rabbeinu Tam who says, Mi'u Rabbeinu Tam Perishta Abayi Nami Hochi Svirlei too early. And we have Kriyachma be after Neitzachama. So the Benutam suggests, based on a number of proofs and questions in Shas, that Zman Kriyachma is really after Neitzachama. What the Vatikin did here is premised on the Gemara further on that they wanted to do smichot gula the tevila to get tevila exactly when the sun rose. And so they, the expense of Kriyachma, in order to get that optimal Shmoneser that they were looking at, they did it at the expense of Kriyachma. They said Kriyachma before that Zman of Neitzachama. According to the time, we don't pass in that way, but rather we demand that you say Kriyachma at Neitzachama and not before Neitzachama. And if I remember correctly, I think Rav Aaron Lichtenstein on the morning of Shavuot, after he stayed up all night, to learn in the morning after davening, he would repeat Kriyat Shema again to be choshesh for those opinions that say Kriyat Shema is only said after Neitzah not prior to Neitzah And the last thing, as Tosfa mentions, is this Gemara seems very strange. It says here that anybody who is Sameach Gula the Tefillah, first of all, is not Nizok nothing bad happens to him, and then we have the story here with Rav Bruno that he was smiling all day after he was Sameach Gula the Everybody does that. The whole design of tefillah is built around being somech gula tefillah. We all do that every single day. So why is that special? So the Tosun answer is that it's special because what they're talking about here in the Gemara is when you're somech gula tefillah, b'nei tzachamavkin, kivatikin. So that's what it means. That special protection that's afforded by smichut gula tefillah is when you do it b'nei tzachamav, when you do it exactly at sunrise, then it has these added benefits. We already mentioned on Dav Bet, the Tamid Yona, as to why it's so special or what's so important about smichut geula letfilah, which is the affirmation that just like Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, so too Hashem will provide for us now. And therefore it's only appropriate to make requests and daven shmonestre after you've affirmed the fact that Hashem was the one who took out of Mitzrayim. He's the kol yachol. He's the one who is mashkiach on everything. And therefore you continue with shmonestre which is exactly that, a manifestation of you making requests of Hashem, who is still involved in so mashkiach al-olam. And the Gemara will say in other places, but the source for smichot gulot filah is from Tehillim. Tehillim in Perek Yudtet, the last pasuk in Perek Yudtet in Tehillim is Iyud Ratzon Imrefi. And the next Perek in Tehillim, Perek Chaf, is Yantcha Hashem B'Yom Tzara. Hashem will answer you on your day of travails, your day of difficulty. So therefore there is this Indian of bringing together the tefillah together with the Gal Yisrael, the Geula. And that's the source for being so much Geula, the tefillah, we'll see later on in the Gemara. So now the Gemara continues. Hashem should find favorable the words that you are saying. Tefillah of Yudah Ratzon is that Hashem should find favorable our words. That could be an introductory phrase. Or that could be a conclusionary phrase. How do you know whether it belongs in the beginning or it belongs in the end? Say it in the beginning, you could say it at the end. 
it's both a equally good introductory phrase as it is a conclusionary phrase. So then why did the Rabbanim place you the Ratzon at the end of the Tefillah? So Limro Meikara, say it before you start davening. So I'm Rabbi Yudah Breder of Yishim Pazi. Because David Amalek only says it after 18 Perkei Tehilim. He said before that Iyul Ratzon is found in Perkutet of Tehilim. It's the last Pasuk in Perkutet. So there were 18 Prokim that preceded that. When it says, Rabbi it after the 18 Prokot of Shemon Esrei. When it says, What are you talking about? Yudh Ratzon is at the tail end of the 19th parak. That's really after 19 Prokim. It's not after 18 Prokim. It's in the 19th parak, but it's at the tail end of the 19th parak. My answer is, Ashri Aish. Goyim The first two Pirkei Te'ilim are really one parak. We have it divided into two Prokim. Ashri Aish is the beginning of the first parak, and Lama Ragshu Goyim is the beginning of the second parak. Come here it says that they're really one parak. If you do that, then it's really at the end or the tail end of the 18th parak. When he says the Yudar Atzon, Tam Rav Yudah Breder Rav Shimon Pazi Kuf Gumo Parshiot Amar David. There were 103 Prokei Teilim that David said. Vo Amar Haluluka, and he never said Haluluka. Ad Shirabe Mapaltam Shirishaim, till he saw the downfall of those that are evil. Shenamar Itamu Chataim Minaretz Urishaim and Odeinam Barchinavshet Hashem Haluluka. To be familiar to us from the Perak Teilim that we say on Rosh Chodesh and the tail end, the last pasuk in there is that when the Chataim are removed from the land, Urushim Odeinam, and there are no longer any Rishayim, then Barchi Nafshiat Hashem, Hallelukah. My soul will bless Hashem with Hallelukah. So that's the first time David Melch says Hallelukah. And that's at the tail end of Tehillim Kuf Dalid. The statement of Rabbi Yehuda was that it's after 103 Prakim that he says this. But this is the last Pasuk in Parak 104. So, Ella Hani Kuf Kuf Gimel Kuf Dalid Avian. It's 103, it's really 104. Ella Shmamina, Ashrei Yishulam Rakshu Goim Chadaparshihi. We answer the same way that the first two prokim are really one parak, and then it's also after 103 David, Any parak tilim that David really loved, he began that parsha with Ashrei, and he ended it with Ashrei. And the example we bring here is from Perak Aleph and Perak Bed and Tilim. Perak Aleph begins with Patchach Ashrei Ashrei So that's the beginning of Perak Aleph. Dichtiv, in the end of Perak Bet, the last pasuk in Perak Bet, it says, Ashrei kolchosei bo. So you see, he began with Ashrei, and he ended with Ashrei. So this memra also indicates that that's one Perak of Tehilim. Because it's saying that he began and ended with Ashrei, but that's in Perak Aleph and Perak Bet. But it's clear from here that they viewed Perak Aleph and Perak Bet as being a single Perak. Okay, we'll stop over here.